Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. Hey parents, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti. I've got a few friends uh, with me in um, Katie McDonald's palatial spatial corner office here um, recording uh, about a book. Um, and this is, this is some parent training that we wanted to do. Um, it's about a book that um, all four of us read. It's called Hold On to Your Kids, Why Parents Need to Matter More Than Their Peers. Um, and so it's going to be an interesting um, conversation. It might be um, one, two, or three podcasts, depending on how much information we have to go over. But I want to introduce uh, first the people who are in the room. So as you're listening, you know the different voices uh, and the different perspectives that we come from. So, um, Katie, you're, since it's your office, mm, um, as the Senior Director of Marketing, Marketing and, and Communications. Communications. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. Um, we're using your office. So tell us a little bit about just, right, just yep. you, right, from a parenting perspective. Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, this is Katie McDonald. And as Dan mentioned, I do work here at PCA and have for about nine years. Um, I have three kids who all go here. Um, Maddie's going into uh, her junior year. Mm. Caroline going into eighth grade. And Brendan is going into fourth. And I am a single mom. And um, I think that that's perfect. Sums me up. That was perfect. Yes. So three, two, two girls and a boy. Correct. Love it. Julie. Hello, I'm Julie Hildebrand, and um, I'm married to Brody, and we have three kids. Uh, we have one who just graduated from PCA. <gasps> oh my goodness. Yes. Um, and then we have a son who's going to be a junior, and a daughter who is going to be a freshman. Very good. Two girls and a boy. Yes. We're kind of, yeah, we kind of got a kind of theme here until, <laughs> until Gabe comes along. <laughs> Gabe? Yeah, I'm sorry to ruin it all for everybody. It's um, good. Hey, hey, it's, it's the four weddings you got to pay for. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. Well, uh, yeah, with that being said, uh, my name is Gabe Boyd. Uh, I have four daughters. Uh, my oldest is going to be a sophomore next year, and then I have a seventh grader a soon-to-be fifth grader as well as a second grader see it's funny you didn't see but we all saw um like the eyes kind of went up because you're trying to remember I'm trying to recall <laughs> right the ages and i mean it's summertime and, and so like exactly. there's a there's a transition happening so yeah, there's there's just something about that yeah. we kind of like wait how old are my kids what grade are they in and, yeah oh i know okay so yes and i'm dan panetti and uh, trish and i have four kids i've got i've got two out of college Okay. I know. The elder statesman here. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I might have started when I was really young, Gabe. That's right. That's but right. I didn't. Anyway, oh, yeah. So two out of college. Um, Sophie has uh, just finished up her freshman year at the University, University of Arkansas. Uh, and then Campbell is my baby, and he's still here. So he's, uh, he's, the, he's the about to be junior. Right. Yeah. And we all, yeah, yeah, we all three have juniors. So uh, the three of us here. Yes. Very good. So that's, that's who we are. Um, uh, the, the book. Okay. Um, 
uh, I found out a little bit about this concept called attachment parenting. So I started to look into it. Um, I wanted to do some, um, some more parent training. And so I was kind of thinking about concepts, right? And what do our parents need to know? I ran across this book and it's, um, it's very highly regarded from an attachment parenting standpoint. Uh, and if you don't know the word attachment parenting, we're going to get into kind of what, where it is and where it comes from and what he's talking about. Um, the, but the, uh, the book is called, you know, hold on to your kids, uh, why parents need to matter more than their peers. Um, and the two people who wrote it, right, Gordon, uh, Newfield PhD and Gabor Mate, uh, MD, um, just kind of, let me, let me just ask you this at the beginning, right? Let's just, um, initial thoughts and concepts as we read the book or as you read the book, uh, what were your initial thoughts and concepts of just like your one kind of takeaway of like why this would be significant, meaningful, important to our parents? Anybody? I think one of the things that I thought, um, and this is Julie Hildebrand is, um, that it, it put into words something that we see happening and that that we see it and we accept it, but he brings to light that this wasn't the way it always was. Okay. Um, and so I, I think it, it, the very beginning of the book just shines a light on what the issue is and that there is an issue. Yes. Um, and so that was um, a, a great takeaway that like I said, I don't, I don't even know that we necessarily look at this as an issue or that it's anything other than normal. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. For me, like it gave like verbiage yeah. to what I think I know and I see all around us. Um, but it actually gave me a name to give it um, of this attachment parenting uh, or even just um, realizing that there are attachments that are happening, whether we know it or not. Uh, and sometimes in directions that we wish they wouldn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think the one thing that I took away and, and we're going to get into this because these are not Christian authors who are writing this. Um, but they kept on going back to the idea that the relationship, right, the relationship and, and their relationship, the one they're focusing on, um, they're focusing on, you know, peer to peer versus peer to parent. Right. But they're talking about the most important relationship, the one peer to parent. Um, the relationship is the, is the thing that you really need to focus on. Now, it's interesting because my perspective is, is always kind of asking, well, why? You know, why does that matter? Where does that come from? What are you talking about? Um, and it's interesting, right, because he's going to give you a lot of, um, you know, evidence and, and facts and, and, you know, statistics and different things like that about the importance of that particular relationship. But for me, from a Christian perspective, I'm like, the relationship that really matters is from a parent perspective is not connecting my kid to me, but connecting them to Christ. And so, and so it's kind of like, you know, it's, it, as I read the book, I'm like, if you took one more step, you'd have been right there. Like you got a triple, <laughs> but you did not hit a home run um, because he's, he's, he's trying to make a connection to a parent and that's great. But if you don't make that connection ultimately to God, you've fallen short of what, what that kid was created for. Absolutely. So, Katie? Yeah. I was just going to say my takeaway is just that, like all of you have said, we all see this happening around us, mm-hmm. um, but I don't even think... Um, that I was really aware that it was happening or an issue. Um, I like that the book really kind of gives it a name in terms of um, the attachment relationship. And um, to me, it just feels like, well, of course your kids are going to be attached to you. Like, why wouldn't they be? Um, So I feel like personally, I've struggled over the years here and there um, with making like thinking it was my job to make sure my children had friend attachments. When, when I started reading this, I was finding myself thanking God that I don't know how it happened in our family, but my kids do have, I think, a proper attachment to their parents. Um, when I've been sitting here kind of worrying about 
do they have enough friends? Do they get along with them well enough? Are they, you know, part of the group? Um, and so I think um, as we talk and explore, um, it's just something to know. I mean, maybe this is more of a mom thing, but um, I think, you know, moms spend a lot of time trying to be very intentional about building these peer relationships yeah. when maybe they need to be, we need to be more intentional about just ensuring that we have the correct attachment with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Julie, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the concept of like, um, you know, so like, is this something as a new phenomenon or whatever? I mean, he kind of dives into this. I didn't know really what to think of that um, because he talks a little bit about, you know, the existence of a youth, youth culture, mm-hmm. right? Separate and distinct from that of adults dates only back like 50 years or so. I'm thinking about it, right? And I'm like, you know what? I, I guess there's some, some, you know, truth to that concept, where before it would have been very difficult for youth to have their own culture um, because it just, you know, they didn't have money, they didn't have status, they didn't have um, freedom, right? So you go back throughout history, but, you know, the, the concept of peers attaching to other peers, as I look throughout history, I'm like, well, but there are peer attachments to other peers. I even see them in, in the Bible, right? So, you know, I've got you know, Solomon's kids, right? Rehoboam, who attached to his peers, right? And listened to his peers and didn't listen to his older advisors. So I think there's something more that's going on here than just the recent developments in our history of of kids wanting to be with other kids. Um, But I do think I agree with the concept that that is heightened and that the parent relationship is kind of being strained. So thoughts on that? Well, I, I, think that it is just more out there now there are more options um there are more options for our attention and Mm -hmm. more like there are more places to take your your kids and their friends and drop them off or where as they might have come home from um school and stayed home or they might have been with you the whole weekend because there weren't all these other options so i think there are a lot of different ways this pans out yeah and social media obviously just you know kind of everything's on steroids because now they can actually be in your presence but not in your presence right they can they can be at home but they can be connected to a million other things where where before right i mean i grew up and i was at home most of the time if i wasn't out in the neighborhood playing with kids but even when i was at home right i mean i guess you can kind of be disconnected from your parents but i could never connect to something else right so tv kind of changed that social media changed that where now there's other connections that i can have but i think something that katie said was was one of the very first notes that i wrote on this book uh was that so many parents and especially moms seem to foster the importance of peer relationships so here we are talking about how the parent child attachment is so important but what I see often are parents, mostly moms, wanting to really drive home. Uh, where's your where Where are your best friends? Why aren't you doing more things with friends? Why aren't you being asked over? And one of the things that I find as a mom um, telling other mom friends is, um, or asking them, you know, what do you think is going on with other people's kids? And I'm saying this to moms who seem to have this, you know, need to to have their kids with all their friends. Sure. Um, and I find myself saying over and over, like, that's not what's happening. That may be what you see here and there on social media, that it looks like other kids or everybody else is doing things with with their peer groups, their kids, but they're not. 
you know, and, and that they want to be home with you or they want to do things with you, that that's a that's awesome. Absolutely. That's great. Yep. I would say uh, Lisa Clark wrote a blog, I think, I don't know, years ago, mm-hmm. and I read it as a, a younger mom, and um, I could relate to it having been a teenage girl, but not yet having teenage girls yet. Um, but basically, she was saying, if your kid, especially your girl, wants to be at home with you on a Saturday night, let them. Don't make them feel bad about not being invited to the party or not being on a date or what have you. Let them feel the um, comfort of being at home with their parents, watching a show or whatever, instead of you feeling some sort of insecurity on behalf of your kid. So that was really, really impactful Well, that's a good way of putting it, right? I think we feel maybe a little bit of that insecurity of why isn't my son or daughter invited to this or, you know, a part of this or part of that. Like where, where are, where is that friend group that's inviting them over? And what this book is sort of reinforcing is, um, one that you, you don't it's not that you can't have, you know, play dates with your kids and connect them to other people, you know, their same age. It's just that there's so much of the peer connection that the parent connection really needs to be the preeminent connection in their life. And they need to get their identity and their security from that. Then when they go out and they make peer connections, they're coming at a different perspective. And so they're seeing their, themselves not as their peers see them, but as their parents see them, and then they're able to connect it to their peers. And I think that's the one thing that, that this book is kind of driving home is if your kids see themselves through the lens of their peers first, it's a very limiting lens, mm-hmm. right? It, it's a, it, and in fact, he kind of says it's a, it's a very destructive lens to their creativity, to their self-esteem, you know, to their self-identity. And so we, the thing that he's driving home is not that I don't want your kids not to have friends it's that once once they're connected to you as a parent and they have their identity established now they're able to go out and make peer-to-peer relationships but so many young people don't have that connection to their parents so therefore the only relationships that they have the only connections that they have are really those peer-to-peer and it's a it's a a super damaging thing for a young person yeah, I think that there's, um, it, it being in youth ministry, I think that uh, we talk a lot about FOMO, right? And yep. and so we want to blame like our kids for having FOMO, fear of missing out uh, on so many things, right? I think there's a, a lot of parents that have FOMO for their kids. Yeah. They almost project that FOMO onto their kids. And so that's where you have parents sometimes uh, who are going to be overly zealous in initiating these play dates or peer-to-peer connections. Uh, but I also think it, another thought that I had was this idea, if you watch a documentary on technology or social media, they're always going to talk about like this really weird thing that happened during the Industrial Revolution of having two parents at work. Yeah. Um, and I think what we see a lot, and I think why he's attributing some of these changes to uh, attachments from parent to child to peer to peer is the simple fact of uh, parents are tired. Uh, we're tired when we get home from work. Yeah. And it's not because we don't love our kids, but sometimes we're just tired and putting them in front of the TV or put them on the iPad or send them on a play date is just easier. So, so, but what he's saying is part of the attachment used to be um, the getting tired together. That's right. right. So you'd take your kids out and you would work with them and you would attach to them while you're getting tired and then when you came home right it's like 
okay, you know, I've, I've spent six hours with my kids, right? I've, you know, trained them up. I've, so now you spend time away from your kids. You get tired. You come home. Where's the time for the attachment to the kids? That's right. And, and he's saying that's the huge change that you brought up. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing, he brought this up, and I'm, I'm jumping way back in the book. He said many adults have not a, um, attained maturity. And yeah. so when you talk about parents who have that FOMO, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that he's talking about is, is a lot of parents <laughs> – haven't gotten past that themselves. Sure. They feel like their kids are missing out on something, but it's really them, yeah. right, that, that the fear of missing out is, well, how come my kids aren't being invited to this or this or whatever? They're not worried about their kids not getting invited. They're like, why yeah. isn't my kid? Trying to live vicariously right. through, yeah. through yeah. kids' relationships. Or feeling like they did something wrong in parenting them okay. in order to create this situation. I think sometimes uh, people are really hard on themselves that like, yeah. they're messing up their kids in some way when really they just need to love on them and give them a little space. Love it. Love it. Um, let's see. He goes on um, a big, a big part of this at the beginning is just trying to lay the groundwork for um, what attachment is. Um, the, the, the picture that he gives you, right. Is, you know, what I always remember, you know, the, the idea of like imaging, right. So a little duckling's born, whatever it sees, you know, it attaches to, um, and what he's trying to say is this is an evolutionary concept. This is the way the brain is developed. Um, you know, your, your child's going to attach to something. So if you're not there as a parent, it's going to attach to something, um, which I don't think it's an evolutionary concept. I think it's God's design <laughs> um, that, that, you know, one of the great things is that we're supposed to parent our children. Um, and so we want our parent, our kids to attach to us. Um, but like I said, again, right, my job's not to attach my kid to me, right? As Paul said, I'm following Christ, so follow me, right? So the same thing with our kids is I want my kids to attach to me if I'm attached to Christ. The, the other thing is I don't want my kids attaching to me if I'm not attached to Christ <laughs> because, because then whatever they're attached to, I think, is, is a limiting factor for them. So um, if you're a Christian parent and you want to raise Christian kids and you're attached to Christ, that's ultimately right. what that attachment really is, is, is attaching um, your kid um, not to yourself but to Christ. Um, the, the, the concept that he's giving you about this whole idea of um, you know, what this looks like, uh, in terms of relationships, um, when he talks about, as I mentioned before, when you're dealing with behavioral problems, he talks about you're dealing with relationship problems. I remember going to a, um, a Josh McDowell conference, and he said, the, the way that it's written in the books, it says you're, you're, you're dealing not with a behavioral problem, but with a relationship problem. Yeah. Josh McDowell, you should say, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Right. So in a sense, it's that same idea, that biblical concept, um, that if you've got a child that's being unruly, right, and you have a behavioral issue, um, the question is, right, what's the attachment problem? Now, what he's going to say is there's an attachment problem to a parent. Right. What scripture is going to say is there's an attachment problem to God. Mm -hmm. Right. And we call that sin. (laughs) And and every kid has it. Unfortunately, as, as you read through the book, it, it seems like if you could just attach a kid to a parent, we would get rid of all unruly children. But that's not true, right? So even even you know my kids, right? That we, in a sense, right? We've raised them to be attached to us. They were still unruly, and it wasn't because there was a lack of attachment. It was because there was a sin nature that was a part of it. Um, so we dealt with discipline issues, right? And and my job is to discipline them a way that's part of discipleship that attaches them to a certain set of rules that aren't mine, but are ultimately God's. So when you violate my rules, in a sense, you're violating God's rules because that's the attachment that we, we need to deal with. Um, but he says in here, right, a parent is by far the child's best compass point, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that we want to make sure that we're orienting kids towards 
parents and not peers. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately God is the better compass point because he's a further compass point away from the kids than, than we are. Um, any thoughts on that? I was just going to say he gives a lot of examples in the book mm-hmm. of uh, probably fictional kids right. who act a certain way and yeah. the parents don't know how to handle it. And so they just kind of lower the boom. They right. He doesn't deal great with discipline to him. Yeah. Right. When, if you're spanking a child or if you're putting them in timeout or different things like that, discipline to him is not addressing the ultimate issue that there's right. a lack of attachment. Right. He's, he's saying, you know, that's a behavioral issue right. that you're addressing. You, you need to atta- uh, you know, address the, the relational issue. Correct. Now, some of that stuff is actually good. The, the, the yeah. whole uh, removing yourself from the, the child as opposed to bringing them closer to you. I'm like, that's that's interesting. Like, mm-hmm. that's good. You don't want the child to be distant from you. Right. But I do think there is a, a place, a time and a point, right, where that child has to have maybe some separation from because of something that they've done. Like you don't get to participate in everything because of your particular actions. When you change your actions, then you can participate with everything that else is going on. So kind of an interesting thought in what he's bringing up. Yeah. Other things on that? Well, I, I thought it was interesting when he talked about the re, the relationships or the attachments uh, that one of the goals that I think, especially if you have your kid enrolled at PCA, uh, is this idea of like you want a community of people, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. really my desire for my girls is for them to have multiple attachments, right? Yes. Not just to me and Emily, but but really to their teachers, to, to other significant people that would have a role to be able to speak truth in their lives. Uh, and he mentions that in here is that that should be the goal. Mm-hmm. But then he talks about this idea of competing attachments, right? And the competing attachments come from when when the attachments aren't saying the same thing. Right. When one attachment says go right and the other one says left, well, now you have competing attachments and you can't have a kid follow both. Uh, they won't do it. They have to pick. And, and so I thought it was interesting that he, he mentions this um, almost to the tune of like pitting our, our kids' peers against us. And, and I just thought that was interesting because at least in my house, um, I'm going to look at my kids' friends and not just their friends specifically, but their families mm-hmm. um, in hopes of if they do attach to their friends, that's going to be okay mm-hmm. uh, because their friends and the way that they're being raised, the attachments they're making with their parents are going to be really similar to the same sort of ways that we're teaching and training our own girls to, to do that. And so uh, there was a little bit, some of this in here of, just like you said, if this was a Christian author, it may have been a completely different, it would have been a completely different book. Um, but I just thought it was very interesting to, um, I guess, sympathize in a way, yeah. because I know a lot of parents that that's not true. That's their, the community that their kids are building around themselves and the attachments they are building around themselves aren't, aren't pointing their kids in the same direction as maybe mom and dad would have them go. Yeah. I know it's one of the things that, that he didn't deal with that I always had a question with. And, and part of it was what you raised. So what happens if you have other adults that they're attaching to, right? Whether they're coaches or teachers or things like that, that are in opposition to what you're saying. So if I have my kids at a school and they're saying things that are different than I am, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Um, and then, you know, the, the other part of that is what if I, as the parent are not a good attachment? Um, and I, I think that's a reality is, is you've got, I know kids who have been raised in homes that the parents have not done a very good job of raising them. Um, they've gotten attached to the truth through Jesus Christ, and they have gone in a completely different direction than their parents. Um, and so n- none of that makes sense at all in his book. 
um, because that doesn't exist. Um, but I think it's, it's a, you know, for me, it's, it's a thing, um, you know, I, I have a young man that, you know, we've been discipling and he's not involved in the life of his, you know, his daughter. Um, and he's very bothered by that, right? He's like, you know, what am I supposed to do? I'm not involved in the life of my daughter. She's being raised in a different community. And I was like, that doesn't mean you still can't be a good father because your ultimate job is to point your daughter to Christ anyway. It's not, it's not just to be there and tuck her into bed, which, you know, of course, is, that's great. But ultimately, if you think about, you know, life from an eternal perspective, if you t- attach her to Christ, then you've done your job. Right now, you know, hopefully somebody's tucking her into bed and, you know, taking care of putting food on the table and putting her in clothes and putting her in school. That's great. And, and that, you know, that is a responsibility I think that we have. But the greatest responsibility of connecting her to Christ means that the other things like pale in comparison compared to that one thing that you need to focus on and do. So um, he talks about a little bit about um, children are not capable of self-orienting, uh, which I think is kind of an interesting thing. I think the reality is, is um, I don't think adults are capable of self-orienting. So, so does, you know what I mean? Like he's like, as a young person, um, you don't know who you are without something outside of you kind of directing you. And I think it's like, well, you know, at 18 or 21 or 34 or 50, right? Do you know who you are without something outside of you directing you? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like, you know, the concept is he's trying to give is children need to attach to parents because parents can help direct their kids. But I'm like, you know, at what age do you understand like the meaning of life and its essence unless something's kind of instructed you as well. You don't just get that because you've gotten older. Wisdom does come with age, right? But I think there's a lot of older people that are not really what I would consider, you know, oriented well. And I don't think it's just, I don't think it just naturally happens. I think something has to happen in your life that orients you to something beyond yourself. Otherwise, you just become a selfish creature, right? You know, here's what I want, right? And then you would orient your kids to be the same way. Yeah, and and when I read what he says about that, I agree with it, but that's from a perspective of orienting my kids toward Christ right. and and letting them know who they are um in Christ and and speaking over them the truth right. of, you know, um this is what I see God placed in you. And I love the way God built our family mm-hmm. and that each of you has a place in our family. So when I read the uh, about parents orienting the kids, I totally agree, but I'm coming from a different Yeah, it's almost like we always take point. one step further than he does, right? It's like, that's great if yeah. you could take one more step. Well, and <laughs> yeah. it makes you wonder, if you're not a Christian, how do you do that? Right. Like, what's your higher power? Well, okay, so here's, here's the other part, because he talks about the whole idea that, you know, the parent's job... Um, is to provide right acceptance of their children, um, and I think this is this is where he's going to get in trouble in mm-hmm. terms of what happens if a child comes along and says, "Hey, right, I, you know, I know I'm a girl, but I think I'm a boy, or I think I'm a furry, or whatever," and the child begins to self-orient in a different direction as a parent because he's left with kind of no boundaries that a parent can guide them away from something that they believe, right? As Hey, children don't self-orient. Okay, well, if a girl believes that they're a boy as a parent, how are you going to tell them no? Like, what are you going to base that on? Are you going to base it on their biology? Are you going to base it on an evolutionary concept of, I mean, right? And so I think, you know, we have something greater than ourselves that orients ourselves to its truth, right? That, you know, the person of Jesus Christ so that if a child comes to us and, and wants to go in a different direction, I'm not the one orienting. I'm pointing them to something greater than I am. 
that orients them to the truth. And it's not just biology, but it's the way that God created them, right? Absolutely. And biology is an expression of God's creation. So anyway, um, he does say this, the secret of parenting is not what the parent does, but rather who the parent is to the child. And I actually really like that line, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it's you hold that position. And so whether you do it well <laughs> or whether you don't do it well, um, you're going to influence the life of your child, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to impact who they become um, by what you do as the parent. And so the role of parenting is super, super important. And I think that's one thing that I kind of did take away from this book that was really valuable. It's just that the role of the parent is so essential in the life of a child. That's weird that even that phrase um, sounds an awful lot like discipling, doesn't it? I I was talking to a guy the other day and he was saying, you you know, he's got two girls and he said, you know, there's nothing about my girls uh, where they where they came out and joined our family mm-hmm. and were just like by nature Cowboys fans. He's like I have made them <laughs> Cowboys fans yeah. through discipleship in my home, right? <laughs> right. Wait, albeit that that's maybe a poor example, but it, it's a no, good it's, one it's nonetheless. A example, right? Yeah, exactly. It is that uh, some of these things, right? It, according to the Bible, like we're not naturally going to gravitate our hearts towards the Lord. Uh, and so if, if we're not as parents seeking the Lord out first and foremost, man, what chance do our kids have? And so like when I think about, well, who am I to my kids? Man, I want them to see me just like Paul. Like I, I pray that they would follow me as I follow Christ. Um, and, and so I, I think that puts a lot of um, responsibility on our shoulders as parents uh, to um, guard our own hearts uh, and continue to uh, seek the Lord in all things. Uh, but also, I, I think these are important aspects for our kids to see in us, too, is that God's not done with us yet either. Yep. Um, and we're going to keep chasing hard and fighting and, um, and pursuing him at all cost. And so the hope is that as we continue to do that, uh, our kids would follow suit uh, so that they look at us and say, man, mom and dad, they're disciples of Jesus. Um, I want to be just like them. All right. So that's the first part of this book. Right? It's just the importance of parents and orienting their children and attaching to them. Um, we want to go into the second part, and that is the dangers of peers attaching to peers and what that looks like. Um, and then we'll hopefully finish up with a third one that talks about, okay, how do we make sure that we attach our kids to ourselves as parents? So anyway, we'll be back for a second episode after this. Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.